0: Notorious bank robber Willie Sutton is credited with saying because that's where the money is when he asked why he robbed banks. In the technology space, we're now seeing an increased number of attacks on mobile apps and devices because that's where more data is. We're going to look at the state of security for mobile devices and apps on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me on the show today is Chris Reckle. He is the Chief Product Officer at AppDome. Welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So uh, your company recently conducted a survey about consumer knowledge and attitudes around mobile application security. What were some of the results that uh, surprised you about where the space is headed? Because you've done this for a, a couple of years now, right?
1: Yeah, we've done this survey now for uh, three years running. We've uh, interviewed more than 75,000 consumers um, around the world. And we've seen a couple of uh, trends that we can get into later. I right? think the big surprise um, uh, for the 2023 20, uh, survey that we completed, uh, that we just completed, is that um, we see that four out of 10 individuals surveyed. Have either themselves been the subject of an attack, or they know somebody in their family uh, or a friend that has been a, that has been subject to a mobile app attack? Okay. And the basis for this, uh, I'm
0: sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just said okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
1: and the basis for this is pretty simple, which is over the last several years, uh, really um, starting with COVID, there was this huge transition from from web based activity to moving to mobile apps, banks closed down, uh, people needed to do transactions and the easiest way to do that was over, over mobile apps. So what we've seen over the last several years is that the amount of um, use of mobile apps has gone from I think, the 35% range to now being more than 50% consistently around the world. And because of that, sadly, uh, bad actors are now starting to focus more and more on the mobile channel
0: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for
1: potential hacks and attacks.
0: Yeah, yeah, and is that 40% threshold uh, big enough where it becomes a, a, a problem for both consumers and then I guess app developers as well? Is it, or do, do you feel like it has to hit... Sixty percent, for example, before it it gets really kind of mainstream coverage.
1: That's a great question. I I, I think the, the the surprise for us actually was that one in four people had actually been subject to an attack. That's uh-huh. that is a, a an amazing number, and uh, sadly, an amazing number. And and really, what we um, uh, to go along with that, what we see or what the consumers reported is that they're really starting to point the finger at mobile app brands and developers themselves as having the action item to protect them. If you were to ask the same question a few years ago, they'd say, oh, it's my responsibility to make sure that my data is safe. But the awareness of all these different types of attacks is basically move that finger pointing to the app developers and the mobile brands to say, hey, you need to take a role in keeping me safe because I'm, one, giving you personally identifiable information, um, two, there's associated data uh, for my account, and number three, I'm probably moving money in some form or another, um, and I don't want to have that money stolen.
0: Yeah, what, what it's, what's interesting is from your survey, I think you guys asked the question, uh, who should be most responsible for mobile security? and uh consumers didn't necessarily look at the carrier or the hardware maker yeah. like you know they weren't necessarily pointing a finger at Apple or Samsung uh, whoever makes the hardware uh the carrier could could be especially in the US it could be you know T-Mobile uh, AT&T Verizon but rather you know they they pointed right to the app developer uh of yeah. of the particular app to uh, to be the most secure is this fair, you know, you know, or should hardware makers and carriers and the consumer for, you know, to some extent, um, you know, should they also (laughs) be held to the same standard or why, why do you think it's they're pointing this at the mobile app developer?
1: Well, because um, if you look historically and you look at things like data breaches, they tie themselves into a specific brand. Okay. So ultimately what consumers have realized is that it really is that particular app that is either going to make, give me a safe experience or not. Right. So, and, and everybody does play a part, right? Let's not, let's not just say it's all about the app developer, but now more than ever, consumers are saying, yeah, it's you. Uh, um, uh, Google and Apple, um, you know, continue to make, you know, incremental improvements that, that provide a, a thin layer of protection or all apps out there, but they can't protect against bad actors who are um, perpetrating attacks that do um, overlays and other types of other types of um, threats that can that can compromise the viability of an account or of a transaction.
0: Okay, and and what types of apps are consumers uh, more likely to be aware of around general security issues? Is it uh, should they be more concerned about apps that have a financial or a transactional uh, type of of process that's going on? Like, tell me about the types that, of apps. Like, I shouldn't worry about. Yeah. Should I be worried about uh, the mobile game that I'm playing versus, um, uh, you know, Venmo or or my banking app?
1: <laughs> There's there there are actually um, a couple of different scenarios there. So first, let's go with yeah. kind of the the main one. Which is uh, what the sur- what our survey has found over the last several years is that um, you, know, uh, you know consumers rely on on banking apps, you know far and above uh, the rest in terms of transactional um, activity, right? So, uh, so to answer your question more directly, yes, it's about transactions. It's about PII and 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 transactions. Okay. Um, now, what we've also seen, and this has changed. Um, pretty dramatically over the last couple of years. It used to be banking was a clear number one and and then e-wallets, you know, sort of fintech type applications would be number two. And what we've seen this year is that betting apps have also um, risen in terms of their use among uh, mobile consumers. Mm-hmm. So again, it's about money moving. But you also make the great point um, that there could be other types of data. And, and that is for sure the case. So if you look at... Um, um, healthcare, right there. There's typically not a lot of money moving around, but there's a ton of data that right. is associated with 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 an individual's health that needs to be protected. So, it's not always the case that it's about transactions. It's also PII. Okay, and that's um, in, well, and in healthcare, that was one of the fastest growing apps that people are starting to use now.
0: Right, because and again, possibly because they were uh, doing more remote healthcare type scenarios or, you know, communication between a doctor and a, and a patient without having to go in personally. Right. Um, Exactly. But, but should consumers and and users of, of mobile apps still be a concern about uh, some of the apps that may be used not to grab any personal information within the app, but use it to uh, hijack the phone or is that still possible where they could grab like, like say, say I have a, 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 like a Candy Crush type game. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to (laughs) just focus on that, but say I had a little game and then somehow that app got hacked, but now it can grab all of my contact information from my phone, right? Because so much data is on the phone itself, or are they siloed off pretty well?
1: They are siloed off pretty well. well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, So, so one of the things that, you know, we do is we, we um, you know, create sandboxes that, that keep all that data away from one another. so mm-hmm. so that uh, device level attacks aren't aren't really um, aren't really possible, right? and 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 just to jump back to gaming, because, yeah. if you don't mind, because you had mentioned it earlier, there's um somewhat of a different use case there, which is um, this is where um, gaming companies are really have lots of concerns about this. Almost more than consumers, because what's happening is that um, uh, uh, if you hack a mobile app, you can cheat. Okay. Right? So you can a- you can achieve points faster, for instance, or you can get access to more currency in the given game, and that costs um, game makers money. So, so there, there's more of a, a self incentive for them to secure their apps uh, versus. Um, you know, waiting for the consumer to drive that security mentality. All
0: right. Well, I don't feel too bad for, for game makers. um, Only because I've seen how much in game purchases they, they lead you towards and they slow down the game. If you're playing a a certain progress and then they're like, Oh, but for, you know, a dollar 99, you can get some extra gems or whatever that like that whole game mechanic, uh, has been frustrating as a, as a mobile app player. But again, I'm not into a lot of hardcore games, and I just play as casually as I can. Um, but I have spent Same. some money on on that kind of thing. So, I, you know, I, I don't think I would feel as bad for a, a game hack that could get me, you know, further in the game. But I'm not going to go do that because I'm an honest person, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, but it Same. is an interesting point, especially if you're developing an app and you rely on those purchases. Um to support the company, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So there was another thing in the, in the, um, the survey where you found that, um, users are going to reward or punish an app when it is seen as, as weak in security. Um, do you find that this happens more with mobile apps than maybe on a, uh, a regular website, like, you know, through a browser and a computer, or um, is, is this overall in general, that they're just going to be like, well, if, if I, if I feel like this is a bad security thing, I'm not going to use it or, or go on social media and then basically say, oh, these guys stink.
1: <laughs> well, there are, um, there are a couple of things there, right? So,
0: so, I, um, I, I pack a lot of questions into my, my, my questions. You do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, so first things first, um, uh, when, when consumers get wind of, in other words, a perceived risk or an actual risk, uh, 40% of them said, hey, we're going we're gonna to leave that brand and go somewhere else. Right? Now, on the flip side, um, uh, more than half um, will, will do advocacy. For an app if they know it's secure. And that advocacy, so what's different to, uh, to your question about, you know, how's it different from the web? What's, yeah. what's different about about mobile is there's a, you know, they go to the store. Advocacies are in the mobile app store, right? So they'll go give a positive review. And even some of them will, will take that next step and promote on social media. But for the for the app makers themselves getting getting those ratings in the store and keeping that ratings machine going yeah. is really important to them so it is um you know security is is not all about the doom and gloom it's also about the ability for that mobile brand to be able to give a safe experience and the safe experience translates into advocacy that's that's, a, that's the big moment yeah
0: that's a really interesting point that people would use um, that are more likely to mobile, uh, more likely to advocate for a brand or a company because they're mobile, because it's so easy to do that, rather than run over to a computer and and you know, right? Go, I oh well, I you love just, yeah. I love the Oreo brand or something like that. Like it's more likely if yeah. you're actually using the app. Um Kick the I, I read, button and
1: write a couple of sentences.
0: Yeah, I, I read an interesting article the other day about. Uh, the mobile rating system um, where it was someone was talking about the five star system and how basically five stars means it's, it's great. Anything under means it stinks. And so I thought that was interesting and that most companies are looking for that range between 4.2 and 4.9 because you're never going to get five point. Cause you know, one, one, one star review knocks that all out. Right. Uh, and so they were also talking about the differences in your decimal point um, you know, that, 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 one tick upward can, can, can make, you know, a lot more money for an app or uh, whatever service you're yeah. selling. Um, that's pretty, cool. that's pretty amazing. And so I'm, I'm sure that your developers are, are seeing this as well.
1: They are. And um, they're uh, judged on, you know, so product owners of mobile apps are judged on advocacy, mm-hmm. right? Just like developers themselves are judged on crash free rates and <clears throat> excuse me, and now, cyber teams are also, you know, in this discussion to make sure that it's a safe experience, right? So that they can uh, obviously protect the brand and ensure that bad things don't happen. Yeah.
0: So with this awareness around uh, the knowledge that that your users may either advocate for you or shut you down or, or or you know cast a bad light on you, what is some? What are some of the better ways for for developers to help raise awareness about? Um, security within their apps. Because it, it doesn't it doesn't make it, you know, I don't I don't open an app and automatically I'm given a message about hey we're we can be trusted or we're we're secure. usually they hide that under different layers or um but, or, or, or maybe they don't or, at all. Or they don't do anything. Right. <laughs> so so what have what have you seen right. that 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 works or or is it still not you know good out there?
1: This is a phenomenon that is emerging right now and it and it brings itself to light in a couple of different ways for for mobile app makers. Um, uh, What we've seen is uh, the most basic one is put something in the release note, right? But candidly, most consumers um, aren't going to release notes and studying release notes of every app. Oh, you know, tell me the latest thing. Um, So what we've seen is using splash pages, you know, so when the app first starts up, to add a brief message about if there are some new security enhancements and we we tend to guide our customers to say you know this is this is you know don't use red don't use the color red mm-hmm. when you're talking about security right you don't <laughs> want to be telling the consumer stop right you want to be using colors like green that say hey we're making this experience safer for you We've also seen uh, banks uh, in certain parts of the world, and it's making its way here to the US. It started in A- the Asia Pacific region, and it's now also in Latin America, where um, these mobile brands are actually doing email campaigns to consumers. And part of that is driven uh, because those particular parts of the world have regulatory requirements to make sure that there are c- certain safety mechanisms in place for mobile app usage. And so what what the banks are doing uh, in particular, is communicating to those consumers and saying, "Yes, we're meeting these requirements, and you, and and we're trying to do everything that we can to to safeguard your money and yeah. your experience."
0: See that that could be a tricky t- type of scenario too, because security is something that you feel as an end user should be you know 100% awesome the, the second you you have it where it's a little different if you're like like say you're a consumer brand or like you know again I'll talk I'll talk about Oreo for example um, you know when Oreo comes out and goes oh we're new and improved and or we've made the cookie taste even better uh, or other kind of things you know cereals you've seen the new and improved yeah. stuff before it, it feels like yes. you can't really do that with a with security settings on an app because isn't the first question then is like, does that mean your old version was was less secure, or unsecure? How do you become more secure? It's it's one of those conundrums.
1: Yeah, it is. And 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 again, how we guide how we guide um, our customers and other people who ask us is is to make make statements. Don't don't focus on the change. Okay. Focus on the end state. Right. So that gives that gives the consumer of that message a. Just information about how security is being handled versus, hey, we added this, this or the other thing, which really is not, it's, it's helpful to know that more security is coming, but really at the end of the day, again, a consumer is concerned about the holistic experience. They don't want to know about feature X or Y.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Um, I want to jump back a little bit uh, just uh, to give um, maybe a history lesson on some of the trends that you were seeing in the mobile app space. Um, yeah. What are the different types of attacks that, that you're seeing out there in the mobile world um, and, and how, how, have that, how has that evolved over the last maybe 10 to 15 years of, of mobile apps and mobile devices?
1: Yeah, so if you go way, way back, it would have been all about per, uh, personal information, PII, right? Are they protecting the login Okay. Uh, and the password? That's, you know, long ago stuff. A lot of that's basically been taken care of. Uh, over the last, you know, five to seven years that we've seen was the rise of network-based attacks, right? So the ability to hijack ne- network information via insecure Wi-Fi or other network connections and be able to, again, Take information that was stored in the clear. Now what we see are is a level of sophistication of attack that um, takes several different methods of malware, right, um, to take over and actually perform actions on the device, um, even sometimes without the user's knowledge. So, um, you know, examples of that of those types of tools are uh, in Android. Uh, it's called Magist. And in, uh, in iOS, Android, there's a Frida tool, um, and there's things like accessibility malware um, that sadly are coming on the scene that um, exploit the accessibility services um, that are used by persons with disabilities um, to actually be able to take over and do tra- uh, and and do transactions and other bad things on the app without that user's knowledge. Now, is- accessibility settings are. Uh, you know, they have to be fairly broad uh-huh. in order to accommodate those disabilities.
0: Yeah, and and is that something that then becomes the the uh, responsibility of the OS maker at that point? Now we are getting into some, uh, or or well, is it accessibility settings within an app? Maybe that's maybe that's the right question then.
1: Well, and that's that that is a that's a great way to tee it up because accessibility settings are. Um, something um, that you can use different different types of accessibility settings. So there is an OS component to it, um, but more importantly, it is at the app, right? So it's the ability to say in a, in a specific app, we're going to apply this overlay uh, capability, for instance, in order to record the keystrokes uh, of, the, of the humans, uh, or of the consumers logging into the account so that we can go in later and actually, um, you know, take money from that account or do other bad things.
0: Okay. Okay. The
1: other, the the other area, if I if I can continue, is um, is in the area of fraud, right? So fraud has gone through a fairly large tra- transformation over the last ten years. Um, you know, a lot of fraud prevention, well, a lot of fraud detection was focused on reimbursing people after fraud happened. And what we're seeing both in the consumer attitude and the solutions that are coming to market is that it's all about fraud prevention. You know, what are the actions that can be taken uh, to prevent fraud before it starts? And that is something that, that um, the consumers, like 80% of them said uh, in this, in, in this year's survey, Hey, we want we want a solution in place that where we don't have to go back through the reimbursement process. Just give us something that stops them altogether.
0: Can you can you give an example of maybe those two scenarios that that explains what what uh, a, cu- a customer might do or was doing and, and now would do with better security?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, and it, the the old school example is, hey, I find some some money missing from my account. I report it to the bank. They do a fraud investigation. And then they say, OK, here's your $100 back. OK. Right. And, th- and that's a months long process. And instead, there are security capabilities that, that uh, app makers can deploy in their mobile apps today that would actually stop the basic method by which fraud is conducted. So you never get to that moment. Right. That's
0: and that's is, is, switch. Is that specific just to a, a mobile device or mobile apps? Cause I, I got that on my credit card accounts a, a lot of times where someone, get, you know, and in the credit card companies, they just, they don't, I don't even know if they investigate anymore. And again, yeah, it right. takes, you know, it takes until I get my statement to know like, Oh, someone, someone hacked into my credit card number and then you have to call them or yeah. And you call them and then they say, all right, we'll just send you a new card. And, Then you have to, it's almost more of a pain for for me as a consumer. Um, But, but this is something that, that could happen with the mobile device too.
1: Yeah. And and that's, that's actually where we're, we're zeroed in on is how to make that, how to make that fraudulent transaction stop uh, within the mobile channel, within the web and, and and other you know with a credit card itself like yeah. um, what is it a uh, credit card skimming I think when you put it in a gas right uh, 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 right a, a gas pump um, we can't help with that <laughs> right, <laughs> but right. We can but but uh, certainly mobile app developers but 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 by you
0: know by the same them. token let's let's say I'm using uh, the PayPal app or or something like that and then someone s- somehow hacks into that uses my PayPal account and grabs the stuff. You're saying it's, yeah. it's it's more likely for me to want PayPal to prevent that fraud before it happens rather than this whole process of contacting them and saying that's not my transaction.
1: Yep, and the cyber industry is, you know, has capabilities to do that um, now, right within the last like year or so. To be able to do that so it's something that that does benefit the industry and it's just up to these mobile brands to say hey we need to up our game in fraud prevention yeah
0: and and, and when we're talking about mobile app security we're not just commenting about just sticking to this device for example um you are seeing it, it you know attackers maybe come in here but then steal like a username or a password and then go back to the site with a you know another uh, attempt. For example, I guess the best idea that I have is that there might be some two factor authentication with an app on your phone and it uses the face ID, for example, um, to verify the second factor, whereas the web app might not have it enabled. And so you could just get in with a username and a password. And, and so does that make sense? Like you're seeing attackers come in through the mobile app, but then use another vector to, to get, to get my data or or account information
1: yeah so they th- that is that is definitely a scenario and it and it actually uh, you know I think um, the perception of of some people out there is, oh, well, it's just one mobile app, right? so what's 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 the harm at aggregate if i get into if I get into one person's mobile app? But those mobile apps that are developed um, uh, include the keys to the castle. and what I mean by that is they have uh, the APIs embedded in them to access backend services, for instance, at banks or at loyalty companies. So, if you've ever you heard of uh, like credential stuffing attacks, um, those APIs can be hijacked from the app, and then you know basically uh, a bad actor can set up a, a whole network of bots, basically to go ahead and compromise that, uh, use those that acquired password or passwords to access the backend services and do more harm, not only to a, to one human, one person's, um, account, but actually do broad scale, um, broad scale attacks across the actual brand itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, just as a little side question, um, I've always wondered this cause I've, I've been a fan of the Apple ecosystem for my phones at least and, and my computer. But, um, is there is there a general feeling of of like my I've, I feel more safe using an Apple device because they have that walled garden approach to apps where they they might do more security scans of apps that get in or is, is this one of those um, well maybe it's just a fallacy that that both op you know both OSs are have their moments of insecurity. Uh, well,
1: certainly uh, both OSs do have. Um, or both operating environments. Really, it's not about the OS. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, do right. Do have their. Um, do have the ability to have attacks happen to them? Apple does have an advantage, which is it is a walled garden, and they also control all the manufacturing of the hardware, right? And they can, and they, and they are able to uh, keep uh, users moving forward on the latest releases, right? So it's yeah, given the.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the upgrade path where you see a big difference, right?
1: Yeah. And, and so, so within the Android world, there's a, there's a a more diverse, um, obviously more diverse manufacturers of Android phones. They're all using various versions of the Android operating system and upgrading at, at different rates, Mm -hmm. right? Some, some phones, and I think this has largely been eradicated over the last couple of years, but there were some phones you bought a an Android 7 phone and you were stuck there forever, right? There was no concept of upgrading the OS, and you know, hats off to the team at, at Google to really uh, putting put in place not only a process for uh, for their own Android phones, but also uh, the ability to allow other manufacturers who Create their own subversions of that operating system to keep them updated as well. But at the end of the day, um, you know, so an- Android, sadly, is is a bit more of an attack vector, right? Because of that diversity. Okay. Um, but but Apple does have again things like um, Frida and other tools that will allow for compromises of the operating system in the environment where you can you can certainly do other attacks as well.
0: So is it a case where the, the end user needs to be more um aware of, of apps that are in the the app store and maybe only go with quote unquote trusted app developers?
1: Or well, is that is that just a joke too? No, no, this is a real thing, right? So so getting applications from trusted app stores is is like a fundamental first step in making sure that you ha- consumers have a safe experience. Right. You do not want to go grab an app from a from an alternative store because that app um, can be repackaged. Right. And by repackaging it, they can put malware in it, they could do lots of things, still make it look like the same brand, still be able to sideload it into the device. And and then do bad things. Yeah. So really as a you know, as a um, you know, the very basic things for consumers, right? Keep your phone updated, get apps from real, you know, from the from the from the OS vendor's store. Yeah. Um, and keeping it up to date are just kind of the one, two, three basics that everybody needs to do. And then from a mobile brand perspective, you know, make sure that those mobile brands that you're using, um, you know, have safety mechanisms in place to ensure that your data and your transactions are safe.
0: Is, is there still, and you can it, always
1: it, ask the brand for that.
0: Yeah. Is there still a, a desire out there for people to sideload apps into their into their phones? I, I know it was a big deal early on in the life of the, the iPhone, but um, it just feels like, you know, I'd rather have at least a feeling of trust that someone at the company has looked at the app and has, has verified that it's not going to be filled with malware and spam or ransomware or anything else on there. I always felt it weird that people yeah. would want to go beyond that app store garden.
1: Well, and, and not, not to turn this into yeah. a EU regulatory discussion, sure. but um, if you've seen the headlines over the last little while, uh, the EU is saying to Apple, Hey, you have to open up alternate app stores within the EU. Oof. So, and, and so what's this what's is the a big what's the reasoning of
0: ha- Yeah, what's the reasoning for that? Do you do you know?
1: Uh, yeah, um not to be a politician, but Okay. No, um, no, you don't know it, enough. And again, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't <laughs> but have to no, be. No, seriously, it's 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 basically a, a monopolistic um uh, okay. they're trying to some sort of monopoly status thing. But uh, and, and what is, you know, um, what is yet to be seen is um, how Apple and ultimately Google uh, approach this, you know, in terms of one being able to open up the ecosystem, but also two, what are the steps in place to maintain those? Remember those basic levels of security. How do I, if I go to this other store, what is yeah. what is going to be the trust level for that app? And that's just, uh, we'll see over the next several months as um, that that new regulation within the EU um, takes effect. I think it's in Q2 of '24. Uh,
0: Okay. All right. Cool. And um, yeah, sorry about that little, the little sidetrack there, but That's um, okay. uh, no, I'm glad you're ready for these types of questions. Uh, all right. So uh one final question, is it, is it easier or harder for mobile app developers to be able to keep up on the latest security attacks? And I, this is something that we did when we had our, our pre pre-show discussion uh, we were talking about third party apps that develop, um, similar apps, but for multiple brands. And and the one that came up with was, uh, I was talking about my credit union app. Um, and it's a smaller credit union, but financial institution, they only have, I think, two or three different offices. And but yet yeah. I still have a mobile app from them. And the reason is that they, they go to a third party labeler, um, they build the app and then just tie it into, you know, the, the company's banking network. Um, so is it harder or, or easier for them to, for a developer that, that develops these types of apps to keep up on security attacks?
1: Well, um, so for your credit union, it's a lot easier for them to work with that third party. And the reason they do is that um, it's the same third party. Uh, I don't know your, your credit union, but it's probably the same third party that provides their transactional backend services for all their uh, 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 transaction processing. Oh, okay. And those those types of white label companies have come out and said, "Hey, we can not only help you with transaction processing, we can do a mobile app for you." And and the, the you know the challenge has been how to do that at scale, right? And so what is happening in the market today is you have you know automated systems that um, are able to machine in um, security capabilities versus having to do that coding by hand, which was always been the challenge, either using a a software development kit or an SDK, or actually building your features, those features yourself as a developer took work. And then there's extra work every time there's a new security vulnerability or a new type of attack, like I I referenced this MetGist thing, um, earlier in our discussion, and new variants of Magisk come out every two weeks, right? So how is an app developer able to stay current with that? And and the good news is that within the cyber world, um, the industry is marching forward to be able to provide automated solutions um, that make that a non-problem
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: <laughs> can do it at scale not only for the biggest brands right so to your point it doesn't always have to be the biggest brand in the world that's yeah. the most secure even your credit union with two offices can have a secure app because they have a strategy that says i'm working with a trusted third party to to build my transaction services for me and they're going to cover my mobile app yeah and make sure it's
0: I, i've got another example on it and i don't know i don't even know if this is going to uh, add to the discussion or not but um, there's a place where we go for pizza every, every week, you know, we have a a local pizza joint and we saw that obviously in the restaurant space, so many cust. you know, it, it, when the pandemic happened, so many companies were, you know, well not forced, but like to stay in business, they went to online ordering and they did, yep. you know, they, they, if, if they didn't have one at the time, uh, or, you know, they, they suddenly decided, and, and I know that these guys, you know, at this pizza place, they don't have an IT staff. They're not. So right. they went to a third party, probably third party ordering right. system, third party website builder, whatever they, they, you know, someone built this website for them. Um, but as of yet, this pizza place doesn't have a mobile app. So I, you know, in order for me to order a pizza, I can't do it on my phone. Um, Are those types of companies that do the the online ordering system, are they developing apps or are they just leaving it up to the, well, we'll just sign up for DoorDash or one of these other apps out there and just put our restaurant on there? So you could order it through these other types of delivery services. I don't even know what I'm asking you uh, this. Well, no, I got you, though. Okay. Um,
1: The easy button was DoorDash, right? So you go to a trusted third party that does the whole, uh, I was going to say enchilada, but you were talking about pizza. Yeah. The whole deal. The whole pepperoni. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But just like for financial services, there are um, uh, what we call white label makers, right? So these third party development apps that also serve the uh, restaurant market, like the high-end restaurant market, the quick serve restaurant market, there's there are lots of ways for mobile brands to get secure. Right. And and there are third parties that can do they may not even do the whole app. They may just do a plug in. So if you have the basis for a basic app, there are third parties that can plug in and provide, you know, the basic transactional capability and security um to allow them to again have a safe transaction experience for the consumer.
0: Right. So so the Go ahead. go ahead. Well, all right. The I want to tie this back to our our original discussion about trust and pointing the finger at it. So let's say my local pizza place um somehow you know whether it's through a, a partnership with DoorDash or some other or or if they go and build their own or well, they're not going to build their own, but if they go and and, and have a mobile app developed by someone else. Yeah. If somehow it is is discovered that the app was attacked as a consumer, I'm going to blame the pizza place.
1: Yes.
0: Cause I don't know. I don't know the, the back end of, of, you know, which third party app developer made this app and whether, or if it was tied into uh, a, a DoorDash hack or, or an Uber eats type of a hack, I'm just going to be annoyed that, you know, someone got my, you know, I'm going to be annoyed at the pizza place and go down the street to the other guys.
1: Yeah, well, as a as a as a person who lives in the mobile world all day, yeah, and kind of all night, right? I can tell you with uh, with um, not a hundred percent certainty, but pretty darn good certainty that when uh, your pizza place goes and looks for that plugin or that help to make that app secure, they will be able to easily tell the difference between somebody who's providing them a secure service okay. and somebody who's just trying to bootstrap something. So right, those those white label in other words, right? So those white label providers make a business out of not only doing the transactional work, but making sure it's safe because they know that ultimately if they if somebody points the finger at your pizza place, your pizza place is going to turn around and say, hey, you guys, you messed me up pretty bad. And you know the same sort of um, ill will will spread. All right.
0: right? So if, if you're if you're a company out there and you're and you're trying to provide either a mobile app or or uh, some sort of benefit for the, the end consumer, uh, what, what advice would you give to them regarding mobile app security based on the results of your survey? And you cannot say, just use our company's services. I'm not giving you a plug. No, I'm not going to, I'm not. Okay. I'm I'm warning you ahead of time. (laughs) Um, like if you, if you had like two points of advice, what you know, what should they be aware of, um, around this topic of mobile app security? Well,
1: let me just take one step backward on okay. your question, right? All right. So, but, all right. first
0: things first, right? So, there's
1: product owners and there's developers, okay, right? And that's bi- basically been the the two groups yep. that have done, you know, the development work. If you're not talking to your cyber team within your company, you need to start that conversation, right? So, that's again, that's kind of the basic step one. And then you need just to look at okay, what are the workflows in my app and what's my risk? Right. So, um, and that can be everything. Again, if it's healthcare, it can just be PII related. It could be transactional, whatever that thing is. And then you just need to go, um, study. Uh, you can, you can do it a couple of ways. The cyber team can come back with recommendations. Um, uh, uh, we work with like 50 different pen testing companies, they could have a pen test of their app that mm-hmm. would give them indications of of the things that they need to resolve to make sure that they have a safe experience. There's SAS and DAS testing. There are all these mechanisms outside of what we do for a living to help point mobile brands at what the right decision is in terms of how to secure their app. Yeah, that, that's that's our best advice. That, let, let, right? that made Get, me
0: think of another question. Do you, a lot of companies that have uh, a cybersecurity department, or you know, there's there's a general security knowledge within within every company. I'm hoping, um, if especially if yep. you're a big big company, big brands, do do they yeah. when you when you go out and talk to them, are they are these security teams aware of mobile security uh, issues, or are, are they still in that that old web world of of well, web security and mobile app security are the same thing but they might not be like what's your what's been your experience you
1: know it it is a spectrum of course but what we've seen is more and more uh we've been in this business for seven years now and so what we've seen over the over the arc of time is that as as um mobile traffic went from kind of a niche of 20 30 Mm percent to now more than half we see the awareness of, of cyber experts uh, within companies saying, okay, I need to pay attention to this channel. And again, they they may not have all the right tools themselves or even the right staffing to sort all that out. And that's when we say, you know, leverage all the expertise in the industry, right? A SaaS test, right. a pen test, you know, and then figure out what you need to do uh, and then work with, but you have to work with the product and dev team, right? This is not a, everybody working in a silo because you could put in really great security and and have a really crappy experience for the use of the word <laughs> right and, and now you're now you're affecting the brand in a very different and negative way yeah right so yeah. it's a balance of how do you how do you implement these security capabilities and and match it to a great experience that ultimately is the is the right part of the equation all right i was talking to uh just a just yeah, a quick yeah. sure. footnote right so um so within the course of the last I don't know, eighteen months, two years. uh, One of our customers, which happens to be in the hotel business, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of had a had a lot of most of their most of their uh, transactions coming in through the web. And over the last couple of years, uh, take a guess how much comes from the mobile app of their revenue? Eighty-five percent. Wow,
0: it's that high now. Now
1: comes in from the mobile app. Yeah, yeah. So, so mobile brands will see that and understand. um, But as if you're somewhere in that it's still growing phase uh the best thing is to you know go get help from other professionals and your peers and you know go, go to the right place to get things solved
0: all right uh, uh chris Reckel, thank you uh, so much for joining us on the show today uh, some great stuff you. and uh, a fascinating topic and uh, if you're interested in that go read their survey some some really good stats there from that thanks thank you great being here All right, that's all the time we have for the show today. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and add any comments that you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.